Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of uh, Sporting Limerick's soccer podcast, where we're in high spirits after positive results at the weekend for both uh, 3D senior men's team and, and senior women's team, uh, and a very positive start to the season for 3D United uh, senior men's team. And all to start with yourself, uh, really good three points against Wexford at home uh, the one in the 1 0 victory last Friday, uh, four points from a possible six uh, opening two games. Uh, could we have asked for much more? I doubt it. I don't think so. Um, it's been a brilliant start and they've yet to concede a goal. Um, I thought, again, similar characteristics to what they showed against Bray. Um, they're showing some really good character in terms of their, you know, their will to win and their desire and their honesty and how they're prepared to, you know, to really muck in and get behind the ball and make it very difficult for the opposition. You know, that's, that's something that's more of a mentality. It shows the kind of honesty that's uh, that's in the group, and it's certainly very, very good to see, and certainly will be important um, in the future. But that um, you know, you talk about getting good players in, but if their attitude isn't right, um, you can be in trouble. But certainly, the attitude of this uh, group is absolutely spot on. Yeah, that's probably the most pleasing thing, uh, isn't it, Jason? Because it's very hard to change a player's attitude if it's poor from being poor to having a very good attitude. You kind of need that from the start. Uh, we seem to be seeing that from the, the 13 to 14 players that have been used so far. Uh, anyway, two clean sheets, uh, which is the, the benchmark for, for winning any game. Um, are you, you pleased with what you've seen in the opening two games? Oh, it's fantastic, Adrian. There's a real hunger about the side to, to get results and I suppose, look, the real challenge will be when they go behind in a game. Um, that's going to be the real challenge for Treaty. Up to this, they've, they've kind of had something to hang on to from mm. the beginning of the game to the end. And that stood stood them in good stead, you know, very dogged in their approach. Unfortunately, the only downside, another red card. Um, tried to defend Sean McSweeney a little bit last week for, for his red card. But Clyde O'Connell, it's very hard to to defend him, two yellows in the space of, what, five minutes? You know, can't be defended. And it upset the whole team, really. It impacted a, a lot of the sides. But look, hats off to the rest of the group. They really stood firm. And even when you look at the subs that came in, I was impressed with Callum McNamara, you know, putting his body on the line, blocking shots up to the, the 90th minutes. And, and he's someone that, that comes with a good pedigree. My colleague in the FBI, Dennis Hines, working for the association for 15 years, has, has seen it all in clear, and he speaks very highly of Callum McNamara, so he could be a good addition as the, as the weeks progress. Mark Ludden's long throw is an asset that I think we have to make more of, um, put bodies in the box, get second balls off it. He didn't create a whole pile, but listen, four points in two games, Adrian, no one is arguing with anything, it's fantastic stuff. Yeah, it's definitely uh, great, great to see the, the results coming that way. Noel, uh, as Jason mentioned, obviously the, the big downside is you're, we are opening two games. We've had two red cards and considering the, the treaty uh, women's side, Jenna Slattery, she was also sent off at the weekend as three red cards for treaty teams in four games. And we get a reputation for, for having it, for being a bit of a dirty team. But no, in all seriousness, though, Noel, um, 
Clyde O'Connell's particularly his second uh, yellow card it just shows you the difference now as Tommy Barrett actually alluded to in the game in the interview after the game where he said that that was his kind of trademark you know you, you go in hard in the, in the midfield area leave some in on your opponent as well as win the ball but you just can't do that now and actually Clyde was definitely well over exuberant and that will disappoint Tommy because he cannot afford to go through games uh, with this group obviously down to 10 men on a regular basis yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's he's going to miss it. He's going to get a dip, I suppose, and get... He's missing the next game. Probably will get another game. And uh, that'll be three games already that, you know, he'll have missed. Um, I think they probably need to look at it in terms of, you know, guys being a bit more disciplined in, you know, how, how they how they defend, you know, the, the game. Particularly at that level, you know, you can't go off your feet. You need to stay on your feet. You need to jockey, get nice and, and close get the opposition's head down more than think that you have to win the ball, that it isn't a case of 100% I win the ball or 0% if I don't. You know, you can delay the opposition, you can slow them down, you can turn them, you know, you can force them backwards. And, you know, it, it takes a bit of mental discipline, that. Um, now, obviously, Clyde is a defender himself, so he should be well up for that. But, you know, the idea that guys can just dive in and, you know, and gamble, if you like, in, in terms of winning the ball, in my experience, good players don't gamble and it's probably something that they're going to have to look at because, you know, as well as, you know, being down to 10 men, as you said, you don't really want to get uh, a name for getting someone sent off every week. You need to know that these referees, like, you know, like ourselves talking tonight, they'll be talking to each other as well. And they'll be saying, oh, I was ref and treaty last week and this happened and I was ref and treaty the week before and that happened. And, you know, then players... You know, the referee will have a kind of a, a notion about him, for want of a better word, you know, before the game starts. And as soon as he as he does something out of the way, he won't get the benefit of the doubt. And that's something that you don't really want to happen. Yeah, definitely. We might we might not get the, the UEFA prize for, for fair play if things keep going, but hopefully it doesn't uh, uh, manifest itself in, in that manner. Jason, I actually put it to, to Tommy after the game that in pre-season, in the early stages of pre-season, that you said you had concerns about um, how how long the ball has been played around the back five uh, in particular and that you didn't feel it was being mixed a lot. Um, I did put it to him that did he feel that that criticism was answered by the fact that they have been a lot more direct uh, in the first uh, couple of games. But he also said that he feels that, um, you know, they've probably gone to the other way as well in that they have been able to, you know, they have been able at times to maybe use the ball better and haven't done so. Um, what's your own take on that? Well, look, they've got two very good results, Adrian. So I suppose yeah, you can't be too critical of the approach and out of the But if I was to give one criticism of it um, on Friday night, it was Clyde in particular. And, and even Jack, when he's in there in the centre mid, they look to come and get the ball off, off the back four. But it's where the ball goes from there I've an issue with. Most of the time, Clyde was coming in, he was taking possession, and then he was just recycling it back again to another member of the back four. <clears throat> Personally, I'd like to see the ball go forward to Kieran Hanlon. We know a bit quicker even. We know he doesn't run the channels, but he could go into his feet a bit more and we could get to midfield a little bit higher up. That would be my own approach, Adrian. If we could clear the passing lines maybe from, from full-backs or even centre-backs into Kieran's feet, you'd hold up the ball and then maybe we can do a little bit more playing in the opposition half. Um, I don't see really the benefit of, of moving the ball around the back four. 
Um, and as I said, there's a tendency to do that a little bit, even on Friday. The ball was coming into Clyde, as I said. He wasn't turning and playing forward. And, and the best midfield players play forward at, at the, the very first opportunity, Adrian. So moving away from the back four into the middle of the park, I'd like the midfielders to play forward more, obviously with quality. You know, we look to play forward always. It's what quality have we got to do that into Red's feet and then maybe can we play from there? Yeah, no, well, obviously everything is, is rosy when you're picking up uh, results and we could have been looking at this in another way uh, otherwise, but you have obviously a result now picked up as well without your, your number one goalkeeper the other night and a clean sheet, uh, which is great. Shane Cusack was between the, the goals on uh, last Friday with, with Ty Ryan out with a tie strain or a quad actually, and, and um, also Charlie Fleming was out and we haven't actually seen Joe Collins or Connor Melody either yet who are, have been, you know, very, uh, people have been very positive in how they've talked about those two two men uh, from, from Galway as well um, and they, they really did impress. So, you know, they're apparently only a couple of weeks away from fitness. So, you know, obviously we'd be hoping to see uh, those players come back and then you'll have that bit more competition in the squad as well. Yeah, and like maybe a bit more of an attacking threat Certainly with uh, Conor Melody as well, you know. Um, I thought McKevitt did well, actually, when he came on. thought he stretched him a little bit and took a bit of pressure off the back four. It was something that we had said um, early doors, that we would have had a, a worry that we might end up being too deep. And obviously, you know, we are saying this now on, on, on the back of the two clean sheets and, and, and the latest win. But as Jason said earlier on there, if they do happen to go a goal down, which is probably sure to happen in some game, and they are so deep, you know, it's going like that's going to be the test in terms of can we create a bit of a an, an attacking threat? And he's right about Mark Ludden. I thought Mark Ludden was outstanding again on um, Friday night. Um, he's so solid uh, defensively. He set these deliveries. Obviously, he's long throws. He's kind of coolness as well. But um, I think. Most of our attacking threat, even though there wasn't a lot of it, came up that left-hand side. And certainly the guys coming back, you know, the likes of Dean George as well, hopefully they'll actually give it a bit more. Now, in fairness to Tommy, he said um, it'll take a few weeks to get that, you know, attack and flow, if you like, going in, 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 in the team. And he's right, because you certainly need to start, you know, being solid at the back first and then, and then work on that. But I suppose we have to be a bit patient and wait to see what kind of attacking threat that they do bring and hopefully that they don't wait until they are a goal down before they start, um, you know, to look for an equaliser or to look to get into the final third of, of, of the opposition. Yeah, definitely. And, and Jason, last week we waxed lyrical about the importance of set pieces uh, on the show, particularly with how weak we perceived Wexford to have been uh, when defending them against Kevin Teeley. And lo and behold, the, the goal from Anthony O'Donnell came from a set piece, a great delivery from Mark Ludden and a flick on from, from Jack Lynch. I think Jack Lynch probably thought he was going to score himself, uh, but, but Anthony O'Donnell was there to steer at home and a great moment for, for the Cork man. But it just goes to show you, if you do have a solid defensive platform, uh, treat, you do have threats, uh, from set pieces, and it is very important in this division as well as any division, really, in football. Oh, set pieces, Adrian, are over a season, they're probably worth 12 to 15 goals to you if, if you have a good repertoire. And, and look, the fact that Treaty are keeping clean sheets just adds more power to that. Just a word on Shane Cusack, uh, you mentioned him there. I'm not too sure who's the deputy here. There isn't a whole pile, in my opinion. 
between Ty Ryan and Shane Cusick. And that was one position that I thought Tommy recruited very, very well in. Cusick looked very confident on Friday and made an early save from Darty, which only increased that confidence. But the fact, I suppose, no one is talking about him sitting deep, and I agree with him. The one advantage Ty Ryan would have over Shane Cusick for me is his ability to sweep behind. And that gives the defence a little bit of an opportunity to push up. Look, as we said with Kieran Hanlon, and it's not a criticism, but his game isn't running in behind. If we could get a bit of pace up there, Dean George, Adam Foley, even Conor Melody, these type of players, we might be able to invite teams on and hit them on the counter. So that might help the transition, I suppose, to attacking for Treaty at the moment, because I keep going back to this. While they have something to hang on to, their defensive solidity is excellent. Mark Walsh, again, in the middle of the field, can't go without a mention. Really no nonsense. And, and you look at him and you look at the comments that, that Tommy made about Clyde O'Connell putting in a tackle and leaving a piece on the opposition. Mark Walsh has been doing that for the last couple of games and, and he hasn't been drawing attention from the referees. So maybe a bit of work for Mike McCarthy to do on the psychology side with a couple of the players around their discipline on the pitch. Yeah, then definitely possibly worthwhile. Um, we now move on to, to the opposition on Friday, Cove Ramblers. Um, I know we, we discussed uh, how difficult it would be to, to travel to St. Coleman's Park or UCD definitely showed us maybe it isn't as difficult as we thought um, with, a, with a 4 0 win. But no, it was, it was crazy to see the chalk and cheese performance uh, between Cove when they went to Cork the week before, Turner's Cross. Um, it definitely should have got at least a draw out of that game if we're going by chances created, particularly in the second half. Really good chances created uh, by a number of their players. Um, two defensive lapses, which is probably uncharacteristic of Cove, considering they only conceded 20 goals in the whole of last season, uh, cost them against Cork. Uh, next, you fast forward a week, and there was there was seemed to be very uh, little, you know, intensity in the performance against uh, UCD. All, all around the park. UCD weren't particularly good themselves, uh, to be honest, on the night. They didn't have to be. Uh, Cove, um, you know, didn't uh, press them as aggressively against Cork. Um, are you surprised by the start that Cove made no points on the board? And they'll be wounded. Annabelle, obviously, coming to Mark's field now, Friday. They certainly will. Well, like, you know, the first game in, in Turner's Cross was always a kind of a 50-50 one, you know, and they probably should have nicked the points. And uh, it just shows you how tough it is to get... Um, results and points in this league. Um, the second game, in fairness to them, and I watched a good bit of it, they actually played very well on, until UCD scored. And, you know, the first goal in, in these games is so huge. And look, we obviously saw it ourselves here on Friday night. Like, it changes um, the whole dynamic. Um, the real, I suppose, triumph for UCD was they were playing with a back three and the three of them were outstanding and really didn't give um, Cove a sniff. And it was like they kind of, you know, sucked all that um, drive out of them, really. They just kind of completely bottled them up in the final third. And they seemed to lose a lot of hope, particularly when the second goal went in. But uh, it's at the start of the season. It's a time when, you know, farm is topsy-turvy and, you know, teams are finding their feet. And you're right about the wounded animal. Um, you know, will Treaty say, you know, have we a handy one now? You know, UCD are after beating them 4-0, but... Look, I'm sure that they'll be preparing for it. Um, they'll be desperate for points and uh, it's probably another 50-50 game. 
Yeah, and Cove will probably be looking at it, Jason. The last time they lost their opening two games in the first division, I had they claim, and was when Stephen Henderson brought him to the title in 2007. Uh, so they might be, you know, hoping for for uh, better days ahead. And um, I noticed that one of their former players and the, the former Cork City and Shamrock Rovers striker Graham Cummins, uh, who writes for the Echo up in Cork, uh, Echo Live, um, he was critical of the fight um, from Cove in the, the, the second period in particular. Um, to be honest with you, in, in my opinion, I didn't see a lack of fight. I definitely saw a lack of quality uh, in, in the, the Cove display. I, I, don't, I don't know if they could be heavily criticised about their, their lack of fight, Jason, but if, if I am to be right and, and Graham is to be wrong, it's probably more worrying for Stuart Ashton that, you know, that the, the lack of quality uh, is, is there at the moment. Um, what, what's your own take on it? Yeah, look, it's early days, Adrian. I certainly didn't predict a 4 0 win for UCD and watching the game. Cove started quite well, I felt. No, I wouldn't agree there was a lack of fight. I'd be more inclined to agree with you around the lack of quality. But they had a couple of chances early on before UCD hit them with two goals before half time. Liam Kerrigan was on the double for, for UCD and that kind of knocked Cove back. They tried to go route one in the second half and that'll be something I'm sure Tommy Barrett will be aware of. They brought on James Higarty and, and kind of lumped it forward in the hope of, of causing UCD some problems, you know. Um, obviously, UCD broke away then and, and tacked on the, the third or, or the final goal, I should say, from Paul Whelan. But two defeats now from Cove. They will need a result um, against Treaty. Would agree with Noel, a wounded animal. But don't think Treaty will take anything for granted. Um, we hear Tommy regularly saying that they're behind everyone and and stuff like that. But they will have a bit of confidence. The group will need a bit of managing this week because they'll be confident to get something off Cove, but it's certainly not a given. Yeah, it is a massive game, Noel. And to be fair, Treaty will come into this almost feeling in one way because of the start they've made. It's more of a free hit for them, whereas there's a tiny bit of pressure uh, on Cove now to, to get points on the board. And if they were to target the game at the start of the year, particularly because, you know, UCD and Cork have been tipped to be up in the playoff spots, they would have said, well, we have to get three points in Limerick, you'd imagine, if you were in the in the Cove camp. And there's also an extra bit of spice added to the game, Noel, with the fact that four players who all started across the, the midfield four uh, last Saturday are all uh, ex-Limerick FC players, um, which would be known to, to a lot of us, Ian Turner, Dave O'Leary, Darren Murphy and Lee Devitt. Um, Speaking about those players, uh, no, Lee Devitt was always a very consistent performer. I know his teammates and manager called him the silent assassin because they didn't hear from him much. But when he was out in the pitch, he was fully committed and, and uh, almost like a different person. Um, he was always quite consistent. But we saw two sides to the other three players when they were at Limerick. I mean, if you had the, the 2015 Ian Turner, you'd be particularly worried if you were Mark Ludden because he was able to get to the boil and get crosses, get goals. But if you get to 2017 Ian Turner that was with Limerick, you wouldn't be as worried. And you could say similar about the other players too. Yeah, well, look, I mean, there, I think we've said, like, Cove are probably the biggest rivals for Limerick, obviously, for Cove. They're, Limerick are probably their second biggest rivals and uh, they will be desperate for points, you know. And um, I think it won't be just those four lads. I think all, all, all the Cove team will be anxious to, you know, to get something on the board. And, you know, they might go direct as well, but it'll be a, it'll be a real battle. They'll, they'll probably have looked at the game last week as well. In fairness to Wexford, they played very well on the night. They played a lot of football. You know, they've created a few chances. Um, you know, and it was just one of those nights where, you know, if, if, if maybe they'd gone a goal up, well, then the whole psychology of the game would have 
would have changed. And I suppose Stuart Ashton will be probably more concerned the fact that they conceded four goals and thinking, well, you know, we certainly can't we can't go down to Limerick now and you know concede a couple of soft goals early on because the way Limerick are set up, our treaty are set up, we certainly won't get into out out of this game as well. So it'd probably be a cagey affair at the start. But as I said already, it's the first goal in, in these games are absolutely massive. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of goals, obviously you'd be hoping to, to get Kieran Hannon off the mark as, as quickly as possible as well, uh, Jason. Um, I was looking at the John Kavanagh and, and Charlie Lyons, the centre-back uh, partnership, and I did see say that if the service is right, in, in my own head I was saying, if the service is right to Kieran Hannon, I definitely think they're uh, two lads that... that um, we can we can cause trouble to. Um, I'm not sure if you agree with that one. Oh, I do, Adrian, and and that was my point earlier. It's that would be the point for me to work on now this week with with the treaty group would be how we get the ball forward with quality to Karen Handlin. Then can we get bodies around him? Look, we know he's not going to run people. That's not Kieran's game, but his physicality, his touch, his ability to bring people into the game that will allow Treaty to create chances if the service is correct to him. And, and look, we look at Edward McCarthy, I was banging the drum to kind of get him into the middle of the park, that he was out of position on the wing. And, and I felt for him a little bit on Friday, he was in there, he looked good in patches, but look, similar to Kieran Hanlon, when you're playing off the striker or, or that third midfield player, you depend on quality, you depend on service, you depend on people giving the ball to your feet so that you can create things and, and that's the challenge now for, for Mark Walsh and, and whether it's Jack Lynch is back in the middle of the field or, or whoever's in that hole in two positions and including the back four that if that a little bit of quality on the ball now to allow people like Kieran Hanlon to, to make the most of the opportunities against the opposition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was speaking to Sean McSweeney briefly on Friday and I mentioned to him though, like you, you suggested that he I told him he may, may have got a hat trick if he was on the pitch. It didn't work out like that in the game. As you said, Wexford had a lot of the ball um, and played very good football and created a lot of good chances. Definitely should have scored uh one or two anyway for for sure. You'd imagine with the chances they got. But uh outside of the enforced change, where obviously Clyde O'Connell now is suspended, do you see Tommy making uh drastic changes for the game on, on Friday night against Cove? No, I don't think so. Um, obviously, he'd be looking at the injuries. Um, you'd be thinking that if Charlie Fleming is fit, he'll probably bring him back in and put Jack in, in into the middle. Um, you'd expect uh, Max Sweeney to come back in as well. Um, I don't really know what he's doing with the keepers. Um, if Ty Ryan had, uh, I don't know how bad his thigh strain is, but he was fit enough to get his place on the bench. And I'm just wondering maybe that Tommy had decided, you know, a couple of weeks before the start of the season that, you know, he was going to rotate them, certainly for the first two games. He certainly has food for thought this week, I'd say, as Jason uh, as Jason mentioned already. But no, I couldn't see too many changes. Um, we said that even during the pre-season that it was important for guys to get game time, you know, to get used to each other because it's such a new squad. And, you know, thankfully it's, it's worked well so far. And I certainly, if I was Tommy, I, I wouldn't be thinking about making too many changes. Jason, do you agree with Noel that changes will be will be minimal considering the start as well? Well, definitely. You know, the strength of our back four, we saw Jack Lynch um, moving back to right back and obviously he played a lot there for Galway last year. So he's familiar with the position, but I prefer him in the middle of the park. Um, I prefer him in that holding midfield position. And, and I thought Charlie Fleming was doing really well. It was 
a hamstring that Charlie picked up. So we're not sure if he's going to be available. Uh, but no, keep the keep the changes at a minimum. Um, the subs, as Noel said, he mentioned McKevitt came off the bench um, last Friday and definitely impacted the game. Give us that option to, to stretch Wexford a little bit. So knowing that we have people, Adrian, on the bench that can impact the game is very, very important. But getting a settled back four, if you want to include the keeper, a settled back five is very, very important. And, and you're looking at that at the moment and, and people are picking themselves really when they're available. So minimal changes. Max Sweeney would have to be in the team for me. There's no doubt about that, the, the quality that he has. Um, but no, but expect much of the same from Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. And Noel, it's a point I forgot to mention earlier that I wanted to bring up. I, I had said to you that um, there is concern in Cove about the, the, the Cove home form uh, at the back end of last season and obviously now in the first game of this season, considering the, the nature of the defeat. I know that maybe UCD have a hex on them because UCD beat them 6-0 at St. Colin's Park back in September. Uh, even when Cove were going for the playoffs, obviously they couldn't manage to beat Shamrock Rovers B on the final night to, to get a, a playoff spot as well. Um, there, there seems to be concern about the, the form of Cohen's Park. And I know we obviously said it, it's a very difficult place to go, but judging from Saturday night, or yeah, Saturday night, do you think that maybe they might struggle at home or is it obviously way too early to tell? I think it's too early to tell. And um, I suppose in one thing, like, you know, go back 10 or 12 years ago, I think the pitch certainly has improved as well. You know, the personnel that, you know, they had a lot of more, you know, older, more experienced guys years ago and, you know, they just made it into the into a battle and they made it into Fortis. I think football has changed a little bit and, you know, the players are different. They want to play. We've actually said it here already about Treaty and, you know, I'm sure even some of the, what we're saying about, you know, maybe having a bit more of a, attacking now in, in, in the team. I'm sure some of the players are, are probably thinking the same way. So, I mean, the game is less of a battle, I think, than it used to be. And uh, I, I think that has kind of affected their their home form. But it certainly is too early to say whether their their home form is is very poor. I'm sure they're going to have to play a few more games yet before um, we, you know, we can make that statement. Yeah, and, and now on to the, the favourite part of the week, looking at the results from the week before. Um, the two surprises, if you were to go for, by us and in, the, in our predictions as a whole, but uh, the big shock, obviously, Jason, was the, the defeat for Galway in Athlone and the nature of it to be trained down after a half an hour. Uh, no one could certainly see that coming, surely. No, Noel definitely didn't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, we knew the quality that, that Adrian Carberry had signed and I suppose we all agreed that the challenge for him was could he get the team to gel? There was no evidence of that in pre-season, obviously, but they've hit the ground running, as you said, 3-0 up inside 26 minutes. Um, it was a known goal that, that got him underway, I suppose. Um, but Stephen Meany hit two for him and they were in cruise control then. You know, good value for the win. It wasn't a smash and grab effort. Um Wick stayed outstanding by all accounts for them and he hit the crossbar and Curtis Byrne hit the crossbar so the gap could have been even more so Athlone really really good value worries for Galway most definitely um, more of a consolation goal they got um, late on and that was a mistake by me all Schlingerman even that that added to that but Athlone really hit the ground running you know they, they've made a fantastic start 
and and they've a big game, I suppose. Do you know coming up, they drew a UCD in in the opening game, but they have to travel to Cork um, next week, so that's going to be a tough game for them, but a fantastic start for Adrian. Absolutely, and uh, to be fair to you, Noel, we were kind of on the same boat, I suppose, about at loan to a certain degree. We weren't quite as harsh as you know, pushing them for tenth place, but. Uh, um, in, in your defence, I suppose, that Stephen Meany, we hadn't seen much of him in pre-season and he started very well uh, for, for Athlone too. But to move on to, to Cork City, uh, this is another one that won't shed me and Jason too good a light either. Kevin Teeley. <laughs> Kevin Teeley early, top, top of the table. Uh, big win for them over Cork City, 1-0 at home in, in Stradbrook. Uh, that, was, that was a super win uh, for Kevin Teeley, Noel. And, and obviously Cork will, will be disappointed too. They will, and it was. I kind of touched on that. I, I just felt that this Cork team. I wonder were they kind of ready for for the first division? Certainly going to places like Cabin Peely, where they'd have had no experience, have been there, or, or no clue what it's like. And we did say with the likes of Pat Devlin and Eddie Garmy still around Cabin Peely, why them? You know, they may be light in kind of known players in the league. They'd certainly be well organised and. Uh, you know, it was such a big game for them as well. Like, you know, you have Cork City uh, coming to town and even though they are in the first division, you know, a, a lot of guys would relish the chance to play against them. And that's something that, you know, that Cork are going to have to manage, if you like, and get used to and uh, certainly up their game because it must have been a very disappointing result for them. And again, you know, there's going to be pressure on them this weekend now to, you know, to bounce back from that result. Yeah, there certainly will. Um, Jason, I, I must admit myself, I didn't watch this game and I'm probably a bit disappointed that I didn't, but the, the Shelburne and Bray game seemed to be a thriller, six-goal thriller. Uh, uh, share the spoils as well. Bray were obviously uh, leading uh, going into the, the latter stages of it. Um, probably shows how, how, how good a point it was for Treaty as well, up in Bray. Um, but, you know, a uh, share the spoils by all accounts uh, appears to be a, a, a fair, fair result. Yeah, I think, I suppose, overall, they'll both be happy with it. Like, Bray levelled the game twice, Adrian, before taking the lead. And, you know, Noel touched on it last week. You know, when you come from behind to get a point, it feels like a win, he said. And and sometimes if if you're ahead and, and you get pegged back, it feels like a defeat. But, you know, a very, very good game. The worry for Bray, I suppose, overall, would be Gary Shaw going off injured again and breaking down that. That looks like a big problem for him, you know, and they also have his replacement, Lynch, out injured as well. So they're very light up front. They actually pushed Brandon Kavanagh into the forward role in the second half and, and he got their third goal, a great strike in 25 yards. But yeah, two very, very good teams and you rightly say that, and we agreed with you like that, the treaty result against Bray looks even more um, beneficial now. You know, shells, two draws, you know, they'll be looking to get off. They'll be looking for, for a win to, to keep themselves with the pace, I suppose. Um, they may be a bit fortunate. I saw the penalty that was awarded. Georgie pointed. It looked a little bit harsh and, and, and he tucked it away. But look, two very, very good teams and, and they'll be in the mix at the end of the season, Adrian. Yeah, and Jason, uh, briefly to stick with you, uh, your prediction for Friday night between Treaty and Cove Ramblers? Um, I'm going to stick with Treaty. Uh, it's hard to go against them with the early season form, but it's with a bit of caution, Adrian. Um, 
I think a draw would be a very, very good result because I think that Cove now are really going to be gunning for a victory. If they come out all guns blazing and they get into a lead, it could be difficult for Treaty. Um, there could be a couple of goals in this one, Adrian. Um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for a Treaty win, but maybe a draw. Yeah, there you have it. And Noel, uh, what's your own prediction? Yeah, I suppose I, I'm thinking along the lines of a draw as well. I think Treaty will be happy with a draw just to keep the unbeaten run going. And I suppose Cove, while they will be desperate to win the game, I'm sure if if they were told that they get a point on Friday night, they'd probably take it, you know, in, in the position they're in at the moment. So I'm, I, I, I am favouring a draw for, for, for the weekend. Yeah, it's great. been great to have you with us again uh, tonight, lads. And I'm also going to put it out there to uh, any of our listeners, if there any is, if there is any, should I say, out there, um, that we we are probably we're trying to come up with a with a name for this uh, sport and Limerick soccer podcast as well. And much like 3D United, uh, putting it out there to a vote of of their own um, their program name. Uh, we'd be hoping to, to have any suggestions maybe in, in the comment section under this video as to what the podcast should be named and please keep it PG if possible uh, to anyone as well um, and don't take out any personal hatred on any of the three of us either if that was possible, that's not too much task. so um, yeah, we'd welcome any suggestions for the Sport and Limerick Soccer Podcast and thanks very much guys Preview.